Bring it in. Bring it in. Bring it in. Bring it in for the Hootsard Huddle podcast presented by HootsardHuddle.com. It's the pot of open discussion and open dialogue. We talk about a handful of topics that fall under the blanket of sports, entertainment, politics, and business. These are my friends, my people, my fam. You are now inside the huddle. Bringing in Michael Hotsard back for another episode of the Hotsard Huddle podcast alongside Danny Hillman, Matt Labatu, bringing you some more NFL banter talk. What's happening around the league? We're at week six, boys. It is complete and uh, almost to the halfway point. MVP conversations are happening. Rookie of the year conversations are happening. And we are getting to the bulk of the season The pretenders are starting to show their colors, and we are getting a better picture of what's to come down the stretch. Now, of course, a lot can happen, but I I think first and foremost, let's kick this off with Derrick Henry. I think that was this week's top story far and away. He absolutely balled out on Monday Night Football um, against the Bills in one that was a little bit of a shocker. Uh, you know, the Titans have, have still been good, but struggling in a lot of ways, especially offensively. And the Bills have been white hot. They've been steamrolling everybody. But that was a fun back-and-forth game, both offenses scoring in bunches, but Derrick Henry coming away as the star who got the win. And one of the cool things I thought that happened was the post-game interview. He was asked, about his lack of success against the Bills. And, you know, when you talk about just great locker room guys, I think he epitomizes that because he did everything he could to not make it about him, which, of course, he is the Tennessee Titans. It is about him. Um, But, man, he's so much fun to watch. I mean, I was – I just told uh, Matt this right before we got started – the big assumption is when do the wheels fall off because of his usage? This is not something we have ever really seen. I mean, gone are the days of guys getting 300 carries a season consistently, and he's done it now. This is the, I believe, third year in a row. He's on pace to not only break the record for carries in a single season. I mean, he is on pace to absolutely and utterly destroy it. Um He's got 783 yards on the season, and he's at already 162 carries. That projects to almost 500 carries on the season. Even if you eliminate the extra game that's going to be played as the NFL moved to 18 games, um, or I'm sorry, 17 games, 18 weeks, he's even if you take that away, he still breaks the record by a mile. So the Titans are riding him to hopefully the postseason because the more Derrick Henry we get, the better. But, um, you know, he put up another 143 yards on the ground against the Bills, scored three touchdowns. And, I mean, dude, you just look at him. The MVP talk's going to start heating up with him too. So, It's just remarkable, Uh, but I told Matt this, and going back to what I said about waiting for the tires to fall off on him, even if that happens in the next 
two to three years at the rate he's going from when he had his first thousand yard season. And then obviously I think it bumped up to 1500. And then of course he had the, uh, the 2000 yard season. Um, and now this year he's on pace to hit 2300 yards. If he puts up another two to three years like this or similar to this at this same level of play, he could retire after that, and he's going to be one of the top five running backs of all time, comparable to someone like Barry Sanders, who didn't have longevity, but damn it if he wasn't the one of the best running backs, bar none, when he was healthy and playing. So Derrick Henry, man, unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it's going to go down regardless. Derrick Henry's the best middle linebacker to ever play running back. Uh, <laughs> You know, he's just – he's the guy that, you know, the Madden 04 create a player that you just, you know, make look like – that's exactly him. Um, it's it's pretty cool to compare him to Barry Sanders uh, because of the longevity, like you're saying, but they are completely opposite. Yeah. You know, where Sanders was elusive, Henry would just rather – bowl over a safety and keep going at you know 21.8 miles an hour which is all I fastest, heard fastest uh fastest time for or fastest speed for a running back this season and yeah i mean dude 6'3 yeah. 250 pounds running at you 21 miles per hour nope not standing and yeah. taking that hit yeah and um it's just one of those things where you know for him as far as being able to withstand the punishment it's amazing how someone that physical has been able to overall stay pretty healthy. Um, you know, it's, it's weird how that works. Uh, you know, as far as him being, I don't know that he's necessarily going to slow down. Um, and the reason I point to is he's just, obviously the cliche is built different, but in last night's game, they had a great stat and it showed how he literally gets better each quarter. Um, partly because he's, beating the shit out of the defense, wearing him down. But he goes from like 2.5 yards per carry in the first quarter to 6.2 in the fourth. Um, You know, if that's any indication as to how he will be. And the thing is, is as he does start to slow down, you will see a little bit of a a carry share to kind of preserve him. I just don't think the Titans have found that guy. You know, they tried Deion Lewis, you know, a couple years back. Jeremy McNichols is a, a good complimentary third down back but if you have the best back in the game you're gonna give it to him you know 986 times in a season because (laughs) why not you know um you know it's it's crazy how they have two of maybe the top 10 receivers I don't know you know currently I would put AJ Brown in there um and then Julio's obviously resume uh and they're just an afterthought with this guy it's it's unheard of it's amazing Best linebacker to ever run the ball. Even better than Spike. <laughs> we'll get there, that's Matt. The, uh, that's zoom the crazy be like part. that sometimes. Dude, sorry. It, I had to unmute the headset and Zoom. But uh, but he's built like a linebacker, which is the crazy part. When you watch him run, it almost looks like it's it's effortless for him, which I think that kind of goes into why he's able to take such a beating is because the other guys trying to, you know, beat the crap out of him are getting more tired than he is from all the, uh, you know, the collisions and stuff that's going on, or at least that's what it seems like. So, uh, you know, like, 
like Danny was alluding to, they kind of run out of steam towards the end of the game because I think they're just sick and tired of trying to tackle a freaking moving Mack truck. But, uh, you know, he's, he's almost refreshing, or at least the Titans offense. It kind of brings me back to how football used to be maybe 15 years ago or 20 years ago where the running back was the premier position in the NFL. You know, you, you didn't throw the ball nearly as much. And unless you were talking about like, you know, the Rams with Kurt Warner and you had another few teams that liked to throw the ball, but you were predominantly trying to run it down teams throats. And I think, uh, you know, it's, for me, it's refreshing. It's kind of cool to see a running back resurgence a little bit. Uh, I think what helps benefit the Titans with Henry is a lot of teams now, their defenses are running a lot of nickel and dime and they're, you know, built to stop the pass. So when you're shoving this, you know, run game down a team's throat, sometimes they don't really know how to react. And, you know, the personnel they have to swap onto the field may not be, uh, you know, playing to their strong suits. And, you know, it definitely works to the Titans advantage. Uh, they have a very good offensive line built from the inside out. Hope Taylor Luan's okay. Uh, you know, first and foremost, that was kind of a, a scary thing last night, but he gave the thumbs up and hopefully he's going to you know be okay and be able to return sometime this season. But, you know, they're a little bit old school team. You, you get that feel with Mike Vrabel and, you know, uh, Derek Henry is a complete stud. Uh, if you don't think he's the best running back in the league right now, you're probably crazy. And he definitely deserves to be an MVP discussion. Usually it's just a glorified, uh, you know, trophy for a quarterback, but I think he's got a legitimate shot, you know, as long as, you know, God forbid he doesn't get hurt. And yeah, I think he could even probably get a few less carries at the end of the year to kind of save his legs and still be in the running. If he's putting up video game numbers, Uh, you know, he reminds me of Eric Dickerson almost with kind of his usage. Uh, When Dickerson was in the league, they just ran him like crazy. But if you're efficient and you're winning games and you're not really getting stopped, why would you stop doing it? Well, that's the remarkable thing. I mean, you look at this just from a historic standpoint, and again, there is an extra game now to the NFL schedule, but nonetheless, it doesn't make it any less impressive. I mean, he is literally on pace to get the most carries in a season um, at nearly 500. I think it's 483, 486 maybe. He's on pace to hit 2,300 yards. That'll shatter the um, single-season rushing record by a substantial margin. He's also on pace to break another record, and that is the touchdown record, which I believe LT was at 28, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Henry right now is on pace for 30. So um, it's, I, I mean, like I said, you you guys have pretty much said it as well. I mean, there's not enough good things you can really say about him. He's just he's remarkable there's he's one of those once in a generation athletes that you'll never really see in your lifetime again i mean as big as he is as strong as he is as fast as he is mike the other thing that, the other thing that he does you know you got me thinking this whole barry sanders comparison because it really is cool because they're completely different backs but like barry i mean barry was a, a silent killer you know, you don't see any flash out of Henry, really. He's very much a lunch pail guy. You mentioned about how, um, you know, he's just a, an awesome teammate locker room presence. That was apparent last night when you saw Taylor Lewan get hurt, you know, and they, they talked about how Henry's the closest guy 
in the locker room with him. And then they also talk about how he's gone out and bought his line time and time again. You know, I forget who on the line said it, um, but he said, you know, Derek Henry's bought more jewelry than for me than I've bought my wife. You know, um, he's just that old school guy in a very refreshing way. Um, and he's kind of like, for me being a Jags fan, it, it's both a blessing and a curse that we face him twice a year because twice a year I get to see him run at, you know, nonstop. And it's almost like a game. Like, can you just stop him for a three yard game? Um, so he's one of those guys where even if he's going against your team, there's a respect for it. It's very much like how, you know, Derek Jeter was in baseball, you know, um, it's just, he's becoming that guy. He really is. One of the, uh, moving on from Henry, another player I want to touch on before we sort of open the floor to other discussions here is Trayvon Diggs. And that's on the other side of the ball. I mean, right now he is the dead runaway for defensive player of the year. And I don't think a single other defensive player should even get a vote. Um, you know, he did it again. He's got seven interceptions on the season and we're six games into the freaking season. Um, and not only that, I mean, the other really impressive thing about Trayvon Diggs too, is his, you know, when you see a high volume pick kind of guy, I think of guys like D'Angelo Hall, Deion Sanders going to someone who is truly great, but misunderstood. A lot of these high-volume pick kind of guys, these flashy defensive backs, there's a reason they get those opportunities because they're a lot of bait and switch. They are a lot of – they're going to get beat a lot, but they're also going to make you pay a lot. Um, You know, when you talk about Deion Sanders specifically – of course, Deion Sanders is one of the best cornerbacks ever, but he wasn't locked down like people thought. He got beat a lot because he would try to bait and switch. Um, but this is the kind of the difference with someone like Trayvon Diggs. He's getting picks, but he's also not giving up the big plays. Now, of course, I say that, and in the same breath, we watch Mac Jones after the pick come back onto the field and throw a long touchdown, which Trayvon Diggs was also in the area of. But that being said, I mean, um, looking at his numbers for the season, so this season so far, now that touchdown didn't, um, this hasn't been updated yet because they do advanced stat updates on Wednesday. But as of heading into this game, I mean, 18 of 38 against them, only 248 yards. So quarterbacks are completing less than 50% of the balls they throw his way. Um, Minimal on the yards and no touchdowns heading into this game for a quarterback rating of 29.2 against him. So he's taking advantage of all these opportunities and not getting beat as a result. Um, But, I mean, we were kind of blown away by the Xavier Howard season last year when um, he had a large amount of picks. I can't remember. I think he hit double digits. I think he had 10 um, on the season, but I mean, he's 
Diggs right now is averaging more than a pick a game. Now, whether that withstands or not, I don't know. But at this point in time, I mean, he could end up leading the season in interceptions by not even getting a single one by the end of the year um, with seven. So I'm just curious as to when this train kind of slows down a little bit. But every time you think it's going to, there he is. And he's got two touchdowns on the year already. I mean, it's absolutely stupid. Yeah, I mean, if you sat there and told me, you know, six weeks into the NFL season that Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, and uh, Trayvon Diggs would have the same amount of touchdowns, you know, um, at this point, I mean, he's been more impactful to the Cowboys than some of their receivers, you know, um, which that's the ironic thing. You know, they talk about how he wanted to be a receiver and he was – upset at it and now he thanks Saban and all that um but I mean it's it's absolutely incredible what he's doing um you know and just how the other thing that he's doing he's not he's not necessarily picking the ball off with like 836 left in the first like he's always right place right time when you need him the most um he doesn't play like a young guy um He's an absolute ball hawk, um, you know. And, and what the other thing I like about him is, man, he's someone that, for the most part, when he plays, he's getting those picks. Um, but he plays pretty clean, all things considered. I mean, good technique all the way around, um, you know. But it's it's just amazing. I'm looking at this this list of, you know, receiving touchdowns on the year, and you got you know. Janu Smith, you know, the big free agent acquisition in the offseason is in there with one. Now, obviously, you know, New England's different um, rookie quarterback and another powerhouse tight end. But, um, yeah, I mean, Brandon Cooks <laughs> one, um, which might be the only one that the Texans have scored. I don't know. Um, you know, A.J. Brown has one less receiving touchdown than – uh, Trayvon Diggs has interception touchdowns, you know, defensive receiving touchdowns is what I'm going to start calling it. Um, you know, it's, I, I don't know that I've ever seen anything like it. You know, it's, it's different than what Revis had or neon Dion or, you know, any guys like that. He's making plays like the play he made Sunday saved the game for Dallas. They were left for dead. Um, and he just, Oh Yeah. Reservations for six. Thank you. I'll, I'll be taking this. Um, hell of an athlete, even better corner. Like, you know, it's, it's going to be exciting to see what he does. And I think a big thing that helps him, uh, especially in regards to interceptions, are his ball skills. His ball skills are probably better than, you know, a lot of receivers in the NFL, I would even argue, just the way he plays the ball, uh, how strong his hands are, just being able to snatch it away. Like, you know, that's probably the most impressive part to me is, is you can tell he was a receiver probably for a while before he made that switch over to corner. And it, it definitely shows uh, funny thing about the defensive player of the year odds. I just looked them up, Mike and miles Garrett is a little bit ahead of him as far as Vegas is concerned in the uh, the defensive player of the year odds right now. I don't know if I necessarily agree with it. And I'm a Browns fan. And I love what Garrett's doing this year. I think he's already got like eight sacks in 
Like, good luck trying to block him. He's like a freaking alien when he's on the field. He's a top. He's probably number two right behind Aaron Donald in terms of pass rushers. You know what he is? He's everything Chase Young was supposed to be, right? 100%. Thank you. I'm glad we're seeing eye to eye on that. Chase Young sucks. <laughs> but uh but yeah man Diggs is he's completely transforming that team he's making uh he's making the right place at the right time like Danny alluded to and and sure he gives up you know everybody I saw people ragging him on Twitter like yeah he's got all these interceptions but look at all the plays he gives up well yeah you're gonna give up plays if you're playing the game like he does where you're trying to jump routes and you're trying to figure out what play is going on. Like, no shit, you're going to get burnt sometimes. But he's also going to take it back on you for six, you know, well, when he does get it right. He's got 11 pass deflections on the season, too, which leads the league. He's putting himself in which position is, way more than he's giving up plays. You know, and that's a nut, like the seven interceptions and 11 pass deflections. If the season ended today, you would that's say, holy season. shit, that's a great season for a corner. So it's it's crazy that he's putting up almost like video game numbers uh, to start the year. Uh, that defense is look completely different uh, than it has last year. A lot to do with him and then Parsons as well. So, you know, very excited to see what happens if he can kind of keep this up. Like, you know, we keep saying, oh, it's going to slow down at some point, but it's not. You know, this guy could have 10, 11, 12 interceptions by the end of the year. I don't think that's crazy to say. And and he, if he keeps uh, making those plays at the right time, the Cowboys are a really dangerous team. And if they're healthy going into the playoffs, that is not a team I'd want to play. You know, one of the things I want to bring up, circling back to uh, Miles Garrett. So this is absolutely insane because the other thing, too, is Miles Garrett's also one of the most double-team guys in the league right now. Um and he has been for the last couple of seasons. So I was just kind of looking up Miles Garrett's stats, and obviously I knew about the eight sacks, but he's leading the league in pressures. Um, but you know who's not leading the league in pressures? Chase Young. Um, but no, Miles Garrett's leading the league. He's got 27 pressures in six games. Like, you do the math. He's getting after quarterbacks. And I mean – one of the things I think I made mention to on the podcast a couple of weeks back, I think it was our first episode was, you know, talking about the rookie seasons of some guys. Like I remember Joey Bosa, 70 pressures during his rookie season. So um, as of now, I mean, and again, 27 pressures in the advanced stats, meaning the pressures have not been updated yet. Um, Because again, they update on Wednesday. We're recording this on Tuesday. So take that on a five game basis. And you're looking at this dude having 91 pressures on the season. That's what he is on pace for. How how many does Chase Young currently have? Out of curiosity, I'm not, I'm not pandering to this. I want to know. Uh, let's see. Let me go find him way the hell down on the list. Bear with me one second. It's going to take a minute because you know I do have to cycle through about. Uh, I'll give him the benefit players. of the doubt. I'll I'll say six. I'll say he's got a couple. It's somewhere around. Oh, I just passed up Young somewhere. Um, he is at twelve currently. Wow! All right, Not so terrible. that so puts him that puts him thirty four. So there's a chance that Diggs may have more interceptions than Young has pressures. I mean, definitely obviously, sex. Obviously, <laughs> that's not going to happen. But you get 
yeah, you know, but uh, yeah, I just had to kind of find out. Um, but 12th, well, neat. Cool. He's got uh, almost uh, a little bit more pressures than Miles Garrett has sacks, but you know, premier pass rusher and all. Um, but yeah, I mean, now that I'm seeing the number of pressures he is on pace for, can we do a co-defensive player of the year this year? I mean, I'm okay with it. They did a co-MVP for Manning and McNair one year, so why not go co-defensive player of the year if we end up with a stupid uh, season for both Garrett and um, Trayvon Diggs? But um, I'll kind of open the floor here um, to each of you. Like, let's go. Like, what's some of the things y'all saw this week that y'all want to go ahead and discuss? Matt, I'll let you go first. Ah, so, as a guy that roots for the Browns, uh, this week was a real big old kick in the dick. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I I went into the game thinking it was probably a coin flip, honestly. You know, expecting a really good game throughout, but man, they, they got whooped up and down the field. The, uh, the defense could not stop anybody. A.J. Green looked like he was 28 again, just catching passes all over the place. Uh, Kyler Murray is... Probably, if not my number one for MVP, he's no worse than top three. And, and you know, he showed why he's doing it. The craziest part, and I thought it was going to be a way bigger deal than it was, is, uh, you know, Cliff Kingsbury not on the sidelines, not, you know, calling plays, which is what he's fantastic at. He's an offensive guru. And the offense looked like it didn't skip a freaking beat. They went out there and, and looked like, you know, the well-oiled machine that the Cardinals kind of are right now. And, that defense, you know, I know you're missing uh, Nick Chubb in that instance, but personally, I think Kareem Hunt's still probably a top 10 back in the NFL as far as talents considering. He doesn't get the usage, so the stats aren't really going to pop, but he's still great. Uh, you are missing your top two offensive tackles, which hurts, but, you know, you don't expect to just have the offense look so flat. Baker Mayfield continues to look like the worst of the uh, the picks in the first round for quarterbacks that year, maybe. Uh, no, I, I lie. I think Josh Rosen went in the first round that year as well, right? Or was that the previous year? I think it was the same year. I could be right, wrong, well, though. He's definitely not as bad as Josh Rosen. But it's, I was actually talking to my buddy who's a Browns uh, a Browns fan as well, and I was saying you just you can't pay him elite quarterback money. You can pay him good quarterback money because I think he's the guy uh, – you have to surround him with talent. You can't expect him to go out and, you know, I haven't really seen this. He doesn't go out and win you games. He'll go out and cost you a game, but it's it's rare that he goes out and, and kind of puts the team on his shoulders. And by no means am I bashing Baker. He's been a savior almost to that franchise. And if anything, has been at least pretty solid throughout his career there and got them to the playoffs. So I think he's a good quarterback, just not great. But, uh, yeah, that, that was probably the biggest disappointment to me, at least. Uh, a real big shocker with the Bills losing. I thought they were going to curb stomp the Titans, but Derrick Henry uh, obviously had other plans for that. But uh, one more team that surprised me, and uh, I was really interested to see how they played, were the Raiders. Almost said Oakland uh, Raiders. Not there anymore. <laughs> uh, Las Vegas Raiders. They looked like they were really good. Uh, Derek Carr looked like the, uh, you know, He's somewhere up there for the MVP race right now. I think you could definitely say he looks really good. 
it looked like they kind of punched adversity in the face this week and really impressed me. Uh, you know, I think it showed a lot of how that team looks like it came together and, and kind of, like I said, punched adversity in the face and, and took everything by the ratings concerning all the crap that happened uh, last week. So, you know, very good win for them. I think they're, you know, probably going to stick around. At least we'll see, you know, what this new coach can do and, and, you know, see what happens there. But those would be my big three this week. So uh, just kind of bounce off of that a little bit. So um, one of the things that I've been pleasantly surprised with, with the Cardinals, obviously, is their defense. Um, they're just very sound. I mean, you look at their scores, they are not only putting up the points, they're stopping teams. I mean, I the Browns offense isn't an offense you can shake a stick at and say it's not good. You know, Browns offense is pretty damn good. They're very good. They're very physical. Um, you know, they went on the line, they went on the line of scrimmage a lot. They run the ball well. Now, obviously they didn't have Nick Chubb, but I think you said it. Um, Kareem Hunt's still a great running back. No doubt about it. He just doesn't have the usage. They have the luxury of having two starting running backs on probably 80% of the NFL rosters. Um, so, um, but their defense has been well-crafted this year. I think they've uh, done good. One of the guys that I was very high on now, he's still not great. He's certainly not a centerpiece of it, but I am glad to see Isaiah Simmons getting his feet wet on some action. You know, he had a very, very disappointing rookie season. Um, Started coming on towards the tail half of it, but still just underwhelming. Um, He's finding the ball carrier a lot. He's, he's getting racking up some tackles, Um, still missing a lot of tackles, still out of position a lot, but I'm glad to see Isaiah Simmons coming around a little bit for that defense. But um, yeah, Arizona, man, I mean, I was looking at him at the beginning and I just, I I wouldn't say pretender because I thought they'd be good, but I did not think they'd be this good. And they got quite the resume. I mean, they beat the shit out of the Titans. Uh, They won a close one against Minnesota. They had an ugly win against Jacksonville. They beat the shit out of the Rams, um, played a tight one with San Francisco last week, but managed to win a defensive game. And then they come out this week and just absolutely obliterate Cleveland. So that's a schedule that's a very good resume early on in the season. So um, I think the Cardinals, I mean, right now, I mean, it's definitive. They are a top three team, if not the top team in the league. Yeah, I know that because I said it last week. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, they're, they're doing great. Um, It's amazing how when teams are playing well, they make it look effortless. They make it look like they're having fun. Um, you know, I guess the my surprise of the week, probably also my disappointment of the week, was the Chargers just getting steamrolled by the Ravens. Um, I thought that was going to be a much better game than that, especially after um, the you know the game that we saw with the Chargers and Browns the week before. You know, I thought for sure. Um, I actually had the Chargers winning against Baltimore, and it seems like every week I pick Baltimore to lose, and they don't. And it's really starting to piss me off at this point. Um, <laughs> you and yeah, me both. Like uh, I, I, and they're they're just handling business. Um, of course, 
Of course, I'm going to mention um, the Jags getting off of the, the Schneid. Um, I'm know, about to mute you if we start talking Jags. I'm just saying, don't worry. I realize it. We won a game. We still haven't won a game on U.S. soil. Um, that sucks. <laughs> uh, you know, but what are we going to do? You take, you take them wherever you can get them at this point. Um, you know, the other thing, too, I think we talked about it maybe a week or two ago, but another six games this week decided by six points or less, three of them going into OT. Um, last night was an awesome game to watch. I'm saying last night because we're recording on Tuesday. But Monday Night Football was fantastic to watch. Um, felt for Josh Allen slipping at the that fourth and one call. You know, just absolutely – Oh man, like it, it was, you, you could just tell he was disappointed, you know? Well, and here's oh. the other thing with that too. Of course, everyone now is talking about, oh, was it the right call? It was the right call. It's week um, six. You're, it's week six. You're in complete control in that division. Yeah, I have no problem. And keep in mind, you know, Sean McDermott's a guy that I always fired in Madden. All right. Like, you know, I have no reason the to. True story. Him. I have no reason to protect him. Um, but now yeah, Josh I, Allen usually makes that play, man. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Like, you know, uh, the other thing that I absolutely loved, um, and we, we just don't deserve it is Aaron Rodgers telling the bears fans that he still owns them. Can I take so, over yeah. from here? Yeah. Cause that's exactly where I was going. That was by far the moment of the week for me. I mean, Y'all both know I'm a fucking mark for Aaron Rodgers. He's great. I love his just fuck you attitude about everything. It rubs people the wrong way, and I don't care. I love it. Um, But scores that touchdown. You got Bears fans giving him the finger, and he's just like, I fucking own you. And, I mean, he's 15-3 and three against the, the Bears. I think the stat I saw is he has 50 touchdowns against them to 10 interceptions. Like he does own them. And then to make things even funnier, um, longtime great bear center, all in Creed's comes out today and just blasts him for it. And he's just like, I'd punch him in the face. Yeah. You, you could have at some point, but you were too busy losing to him. So sit down, sir. Aaron Rodgers, man. Fucking great guy. I love it. Uh, I think that little salt and pepper look he's got going on, it, I don't know if it's for everybody and might look kind of homeless, but with that attitude, I think it kind of works for him. Aaron Rodgers can wear any look because at the end of the day, he's throwing touchdowns and not throwing interceptions, which is kind of funny. And I do want to talk about this um, really quick. And you remember the panic that set in after week one when the Saints absolutely blew the Packers out of the water. Well, Packers are sitting at 5-1, and one, everyone talking about Aaron Rodgers and one of the worst games of his career, and if not the worst. But now we're looking back on it, and, well, Aaron Rodgers since then has thrown 12 touchdowns to one interception, and of his... 1,400 yards, 133 of them came in week one. So he is on an absolute tear. But I tell you this right now, I think we are getting a very, very jaded conversation about Patrick Mahomes and his struggles. Everyone is talking about it. 
Um, you're seeing headlines, you know, whoa, is he going to figure it out? He's going to fucking figure it out. Um, it's, it's, this is what's crazy about quarterbacks to me. It's happened with Tom Brady. It's happened with Aaron Rodgers. I don't think it's happened with Russell Wilson because I don't think Wilson's really had that low ceiling moment. And by the way, or I'm sorry, low floor moment. But here's the thing. Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady have all had their quote unquote low floor moments and their low floor moments are most quarterback ceiling moments. Um, But, you know, right now, everyone's talking about kind of the interceptions, the mistakes he's making. Let's not pretend that Patrick Mahomes doesn't trust his fucking arm a little too much sometimes. Now he's, he's normally very good um, and not turning the ball over. Um, You know, since he came into the league, he's this is his fourth year as a starter, 12, 5, 6, and now 8. So he's on pace to have the most interceptions. And the last couple of weeks, he's he's turned it over quite a bit. And now people are kind of losing their minds about it. And what I'm waiting for is for him to hit that Russell Wilson or that Aaron Rodgers or that Tom Brady switch where all of a sudden everything and anything starts going right. And the next thing you know, you're looking at a – five or six game run where he's got 24 touchdowns and one interception. Um, And it's going to happen. So I do want to kind of address that here because, you know, the chiefs are sitting at three and three people are panicking and Patrick Mahomes is, and I'm putting this in air quotes, struggling when he still looks like a top five quarterback bar none. Yeah. I, I think he's some of the interceptions you can definitely see they're from like tip balls and stuff too, at least a couple of them. So, and that's what his I, mom was yelling about on Twitter, <laughs> which exactly that family, good God, like oh, the brothers and stuff. They're not quite man. the, the ball family yet, but Jesus Christ, man, I you gotta like, get it. Get your family off Twitter. Yeah, I feel like that's the bigger story than Mahomes throwing an interception. Dude. Got mom, got brother dancing on uh, the Sean Taylor Memorial. Like, oh, oh dude, man. Get your family away from you. Like, go, I, I, I saw this tweet, and I completely agree with it 100%. Fuck them. Go the Aaron Rodgers route. Just cut them off. Cut them off. Yeah, look what's happened since he's done that. It looks like uh, he's been a pretty damn good quarterback, and now Mahomes is on the down on the downturn now. But but in all seriousness, I, I think it's just they got off to a slow start. It's a little rough patch. He'll probably be the first one to admit to you he hasn't been playing, you know, to his level as, of uh, expectations at least. I won't say he's not playing well because, like you said, dude, he's still playing to a pretty solid level of of competition and everything, but they'll figure it out and then we'll look at this and laugh and he'll go on that little mini run you were talking about where he just lights up the scoreboard. I think maybe even last week we kind of saw a a change of the tide. They freaking scored three touchdowns in the second half of that game last week. And that's when you're thinking to yourself like, all right, like did did this team kind of flip that switch again and kind of get in that groove and figure it out? Cause is there really, at least the past couple of years, is there really any quarterback that when he's in a groove looks better than Mahomes? Uh, I think he's getting into a little bit of trouble with uh, trust in his arm. Like you said, a little bit too much. I think it's one of those things where uh, I'll put this little, uh, this illusion together is, you know, you keep putting your hand in the cookie jar. You put it in, you don't get caught. You put it in, you don't get caught. One time you get caught. Now when you try to go back, you know, you're more, 
likely, I guess, to get caught again because you're like, oh, I never used to get caught. So I think you just got to learn a little bit, maybe not take as many risks because, you know, it's it's kind of a thing now. Like, oh, I picked off Patrick Mahomes. Like guys have that little bit of juice whenever they're playing against them just because they know how good he is. I think a lot of defenses kind of get that extra little kick in the butt to, to play better. But, dude, if any if anybody's going to figure it out, it's it's that guy. He, he hasn't, you know, shattered all these freaking passing records and, and shit for no reason. He's he's a stud. So he'll they'll turn it around. They'll be in the playoffs. They'll make everybody look silly for thinking they uh, they were going to, you know, figure that team out. One hundred percent. Now, last thing I bring up before we get into the fantasy uh, football aspect of this, which is obviously our favorite talking point. Um, so the Ravens this week, you had Lat Murray, Devontae Freeman, Le'Veon Bell, all score a touchdown this week. Great stuff. So this tweet from Bill Barnwell, which I'll read, and it's fucking hilarious, and it needs to happen. I fully support this. And he said the Ravens should bring back uh, or bring a different running back back from the past every week so they can score one final TD. Get Rudy Johnson score. It's Dominic Rhodes time. You can't stop Marcel Ship, et cetera, et cetera. And then uh, someone replied to it. This is like a Randy Orton legend killer bit. Trot out another 58-year-old every Monday for a big pop. And then uh, <laughs> Barnwell responded and said, and that's how you get rid of running backs to make room for the next guy. Oh, no. Poor Nick Goings just got punted in the head. So what was funny? So I, I put this in uh, one of the fantasy group chats. And I said, can you imagine week 18 Ravens down five on the one with six seconds to go for the division title? The lights go out. Kevin Harlan's going absolutely ape shit on the call right now. And. Losing his damn mind. Flames and golf near the tunnel. The crowd goes dead silent, wondering who the hell it's going to be. Spotlight hits the tunnel and Harlan screaming, Oh my God, who is it? Who's going to make this a memorable season for the Ravens? And then boom, you get number 31. Jamal Lewis come out, win the division for the Ravens. The Ravens need to implore this strategy right fucking now, and I will fully support the Ravens from now until eternity. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it. Uh, I love the tweet. Um, love Jamal Lewis, you know, go Vols. Um, you know, it would be fun. It is cool, the dynamic that they're having. Um, because they they really did have a great running back room preseason that just got demolished and they're piecing it together. Um, you know, so I, I would love to see that. I am going to say one last thing on Mahomes, okay? Um, your current NFL passing leader for touchdowns is Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, uh, he's on pace for another 50. Yeah, so it is what it is. Um, getting back to the Ravens. I mean, it's kind of funny that, you know, Lamar Jackson had that bit a few years back, like not bad for a running back. Like, dude, they're all hurt. Like you basically are the running back by default. Um, you know, it's it's nice to see them take a bunch of has-beens, you know, Lot Murray, Le'Veon Bell, rocking the number 17. Just looked weird. I don't know. Um, Devonta Freeman. Um 
pretty much they have every running back that I ever traded Andrew Blackwell. Um, <laughs> you know, like that's just how it is. Um, you know, and, and the thing is, is, you know, we said it kind of off, off the recording, you know, running backs go down every year. Um, this year is no different. There's a lot or so it seems, um, it's only week six going into week seven. Some of those guys in the running back room are going to get banged up. So usually, you know, week six normally does go into week seven, Danny. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah, no, that's what I'm here for. Um, let me know if you need any more help. I mean, I'll, (laughs) I'll carry this podcast. Damn it. Um, but, uh, (laughs) your back's not hurting from carrying the podcast. It's hurt from, uh, cause you're fat. I'm carrying something. Um, but, uh, the ironic, I mean, the, the crazy thing is, um, Mike, I think we might have spoken about it, uh, either the three of us in a text or a group text or something, but Todd Gurley still remains unsigned. I mean, obviously, he's a shell of his, his old self, but I thought for sure the Ravens were going to, I mean, they kicked the tire on every other running back from 2016. Why not Todd Gurley? So, I don't well, know. For one more. I mean, what's it going to hurt? Yeah. It makes me yeah. wonder how bad his knees really are. Well, you know, yeah. it's funny going back to um conversation that I had with a certain surface friend uh, a couple of years ago. Um and this was when the Ra- the Rams were in the middle of their big run. Um as Gurley was the focal point of that offense and you saw his usage just go downhill in that playoff run and that was the conversation is, okay, maybe his knees are way worse than anyone thinks. And then after that was never the same. And this was, this was a running back who for three years, I mean, it was no question. He was the best running back in the league by far. Um, And then dude, just, it fell off. It's just one of those crazy situations where you have a guy who age just catches up with him way too fast. It's the reason we had the Derrick Henry discussion earlier tonight. Yeah. You know, um, it's because that's what was happening. I mean, I can remember when we all thought Adrian Peterson was out of this world because he was still performing at a high level after injuries, after age, all that. Um, because overall, it seems like more often than not, you get running backs that kind of perform like Gurley, that kind of, like you said, fall off the cliff. Um, but if I had to – you know, put $20 on Vegas on what running back they're going to sign next. Um, bring in Lawrence Maroney. I need Maroney <laughs> back in the NFL. Um, Pony it, Maroney. It's just, you know, if anything, just so I can have a solid fantasy team name. Um, but Maroney over Jamal Lewis all day. Nah, fuck that. Corey Dillon. Nah, give me some Ruben Drones, love. <laughs> Nah, man, but uh, getting into getting into fantasy football. So, how do we fare this week, fellas? Well, why don't you tell them? I can. I forgot. <laughs> that was my job. I had one job. So this week, Danny decided to, after beating the shit out of the person that I wanted to beat more than anyone on hanging two thirty, Danny decides to come back this week. I put up a respectable one thirty six, but. Uh, Danny decided to hang 170 on my ass, and uh, yeah, it, it was close for a while. I was like, all right, you know, this isn't looking good, but nah, it can still happen. And then, you know, uh, by 
Sunday night, I was like, all right, well, done deal. At least I don't have to worry about the Sunday night or Monday night game. So um, did that. I ended up – so here's what's crazy. Uh, in the league, the three of us are in. I ended up barely edging out to go to four and two. Josh fucking Allen. I had a four-point lead when that QB sneak was called. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, fuck. He's going to score. He's either going to throw it or he's going to run it. And it's game over for me. And then when they stopped him, I just sat back and I was like, holy shit, did I just luck out? And I had a substantial lead, obviously, because Alan put up points that week. But fuck, man. Talk about a tight butthole for a couple of minutes. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting in that league you're talking about, I'm middle of the pack. In the league that really matters to me, um, our Dirty Dozen League, uh, sitting atop the, the standings, the lone, the lone team with one loss, um, feel pretty good because the ones that are right behind me are Lance, who's having a good year, and Soche, who this week in Soche, I'm sure we'll get to in a little bit. Um, so I can at least stand to... I can at least stand to lose a week and still should be fine, um, which is nice with bye weeks and stuff. Um, I'm really excited because Josh Allen's my quarterback. He has the bye this week. Um, in the draft, I drafted late Matt Stafford because I'm a fan of him. And I'm going to be starting Matt Stafford as my bye week quarterback. And guess who he plays this week? Let's hear Is it, it the Texans? It is. The Detroit Lions. Ah. What did Matt Stafford play for forever? The Detroit Lions. Do you think he he might throw for 900 yards? That would be a record, by the way. Just like Dan Campbell's going to cry. Just like seven so, fall six, like 900. Can we go, would can we go back to this week in Soche? Yeah. All right, let's talk about Soche. Um, sure. So here's what's funny. I play him this week, okay? So let's count them up. One. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He's got eight roster spots on a bye. <laughs> so Dak will not be playing. Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Mike Williams, Tyler Bass, Dalton Schultz, and the Steelers defense are all out on bye. Also, as IDP, Tremaine Edmonds is. Um, so... So many drafts, he doesn't use a sheet that has the buys <laughs> at all. <laughs> so here's who I'm playing against this week. Elijah Mitchell, Ramondre Stevenson, Chris Godwin, Darnell Mooney, Gronk if he plays, Amon Ross St. Brown, Kenneth Gainwell, who he, of course, made fun of him for, Cardinals and Ryan suck up right now. Now, this is all, of course, pending on, on waivers and everything like that, which keep in mind – we won't know that until tomorrow because um, he doesn't have any money to spend on waivers because he blew it all on Elijah fucking Mitchell. Um, meanwhile, um, I do have quite a few buys coming up this week, but not quite to that capacity. Um, I still have Brady Mixon, Chuba Hubbard, Marquise Brown, uh, Robert Woods, Kyle Pitts, Devontae Smith, Jacoby Myers, Denzel Perryman. The two buys that I really are – couple of buys that I'm worrying about, obviously, Ezekiel Elliott, James Robinson. Um, but 
I have to replace the Cowboys defense, who's been great, and then Greg Joseph, my kicker. So got to figure out who I want to drop. That becomes a hard question. Mo Alley Cox is definitely gone. Don't need him anymore. But overall, feeling pretty confident against uh, good old uh, Soche this week. Yeah, yeah for I, he somehow beats you. And if he does, I, dude – I texted uh I texted Blackwell earlier and I just told him I was like if Sochet beats me this week, I'm disappearing forever. It's, never, it, I'm never returning I, to our group chat. It's not that I want him to win, it's that I want you to lose. And I want you to lose <laughs> against that lineup. I want <laughs> like I like for the for the love of everything holy, please let Ramondre Stevenson go for like four TDs for New England. Um He does you know, a fucking quit. I quit. He has no quarterback. There's currently not a quarterback on his team. Yeah, I think that's Devin White. He has two kickers. <laughs> I, I, I will bet a hearty handshake he drops a kicker. Especially since one of them's on a bye. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's what I really appreciate about Soche is Soche. Did help me topple you. Um, you know, I was able to pick up uh, what's his name, Khalil Herbert from the Bears because I have David Montgomery. He got hurt. Uh, Khalil Herbert a week later becomes available. Damian Williams on the COVID list. Okay, let's do it. Thank you, Soche. Um, my other big scorer this week against Mike was uh, Lenny Fournette. And I was able to get the handcuff for Lenny Fournette, Ronald Jones, who might get traded. Uh, at least that's the rumor. Um, and I got him from guess who? Soche. So while he's uh, starting how to remind, he, how is he four and two? Like seriously, how? Uh, got God on his side. It's a fact. You know, but while while I have you know those two, he's starting. Elijah, four hundred and seventy-five dollar Ramon or Elijah Mitchell, and Ramondre Stevenson, who's projected to get five point one. Well, the good thing is, Danny, when I eventually catch up to you, uh, as of now, I still have twenty-five more points than you. I know you beat me, but you know, still, still, still third in the league in scoring, next to uh. Right behind good old Blackwell and uh, Charles, who bless his heart, fucking two and four, scoring eight hundred and fifty nine points. Good you're lord, third, you're third in the league in scoring because of Blackwell. Because if the fantasy gods didn't hate him, you weren't throwing up two thirty. And I wholeheartedly believe that the fantasy gods hate him. Do we have to remind you the number of games I've had my first three picks over the last several years? Yeah, but that's not fantasy. That's just karma for you just, you know, talking shit. (laughs) I mean, that's not fantasy. Someone's got to do it. Y'all are soft. No, he put up 189 points, which I believe would have been our our league record. And he still got beat by a 40-burger. And now I have the league record, and I can hang my hat on that, so he's shit. Yeah, and I'm in first place. So Matt, how are, how's everything going with you in fantasy? Because uh, <laughs> it's about to topple for Danny really fucking quick. <laughs> well, the family league 
Not going to talk about that one. I think I put up like 50 points or something. You're Not doing a good great reason. there, Matt. Let's take a yeah. look at that really quick. So you're currently ninth out of 10th. Um, you're two and four. Last place is 0 oh and 6. And um, <laughs> you're doing really well at the bottom in points with 491 in, you know, six weeks of action. So doing really well. That's what you get for making a goddamn standard league, Michael. That's what we're going on. We're going on the fact that it's standard scoring. That's your excuse? Absolutely. And I'm going off of that, and I'll die on that hill. <laughs> but hey, uh, that wagon, too. <laughs> but uh, my favorite thing is, pro- you know, projections. I was, I think I was projected to get dusted by, like, 25 points. Uh, in one league, either on a buy or hurt this week, I had Chris Carson, Nick Chubb, Kyle Pitts, Mike Davis, and I didn't start Jalen Waddle. So with all that going on for me, I still ended up beating the guy by like 20 points. And the guy I beat's a total cock. So hate that guy. Glad that happened. He's not listening. I don't care. But uh, other <laughs> league, one of my buddies, uh, it's a dynasty league. He traded basically his entire team to plan for the future. So if I didn't win that game, there was going to be a problem. So my team's putting up points every week. Uh, I think the last two weeks I put up 130-plus in both leagues. Got unlucky last week, like I said, playing against Tom Brady. But 3-3 uh, three and three in the leagues that matter with money, so should be looking pretty good. I got Josh Allen as my quarterback dude to stud. I also have Jalen Hurts, who I got in like the ninth or 10th round, who uh, not a very good real-life quarterback, but as far as fantasy quarterback, dude, he's good. Up there. I think he's uh, top five, at least, I think before last week and maybe even still he's he might have been like number two or something like that and and fantasy but uh but yeah good week last week getting back to 500 uh maybe making some moves trade season hashtag trade season so we'll uh we'll see about that but yeah man fantasy full swing nothing better than fantasy football and nfl in the middle of the fall yeah i mean there's nothing nothing better than establishing dominance on your friends and being able to brag about it, which by the end of the season, I fully and wholeheartedly hope in the Dirty Dozen, it's me versus Blackwell, and here's why. My league is going to hate every fucking second of that because no matter what, the entire league loses. So hoping that one happens. And then, uh, you know, I'm just saying – I do have two championships in this uh, family league, so we're going for the we're going for the old trifecta, trying to go for number three. Danny, over the. What are you saying, Danny? We, we Sorry, I can't hear you over the sound of my rings clashing together. Yeah, which rings are, is that, Frodo? <laughs> Act like that's an insult. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know. Um, so what do you think Sochi is going to do this week? Um, we'll have to hold that thought cause I have to cut it off cause I only have a minute and 25 and that sounds like a 10 minute conversation Tune in next week. <laughs> so what do you think it is that, uh, Sochi does this week in what's now deemed this week in Sochi? <laughs> well, the good thing is he's in the leagues that all of us are in. Um, for one of them, and then obviously we have the Dirty Dozen. But, uh, I mean, he's going to drop someone that's good. He, he's he got to. He's going to have to drop someone that's good on uh, Dirty Dozen just because, well, 
everyone's on by. He really didn't think that one through. So you had mentioned it. Dalvin Cook on by. um, Justin Jefferson, Mike Williams, Dalton Schultz, Steelers defense. uh, Kadarius Tony's doubtful. um, Do you just not drop anybody and just say, screw this week? (laughs) He might. But the fact that he's playing Mike and he knows that Mike will not let him hear the end of it. Um, he's definitely dropping somebody. Because <laughs> yeah. and, and that's the thing. That puts it in a win-win situation for me no matter what. Because I either get to dog him for dropping someone he shouldn't have never dropped, i.e. Robert Woods, who I hope absolutely puts up a 30-burger on him this week as fucking justice for that. But... He either drops someone he shouldn't drop or he ends up playing a man down or something. And then I'll still end up fucking beating me somehow because, again, bad luck. Yeah, that's what we'll call it. But, um, yeah, in the family league, I mean, let's see what happens there too. I mean, because, well, he's also – Five and one in that. Um, how do I just don't understand how he wins making the fucking stupid decisions he does? I really don't. But um, maybe he should make a podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Maybe so. Oh my god, <laughs> Dak, Dalton Schultz, Mike Williams, Bills, and Tyler Bass. He has the same roster essentially. He also has Elijah Mitchell. So. Um, Good thing is he's got four starters playing. At least he's consistent. Dude, like what is going on? But the the only other thing I want to bring up, and it's definitely not for the family league, um, is so the call it the shit talking in our group means at an all time high. Oh my um, god. You know, and really we have our returning champ who only talks, only speaks when he's winning, right? Which is um, now never. You know, he's he's just downhill. Um, but we also have another guy in our league that just, there is zero finesse in his insults. And I absolutely love it because we'll all sit there and it's a very quick-witted group. Um, so we're all very he just has none and, and he's just like fuck you I'll murder your family you know <laughs> it's just one thing after another um, I can't wait for he and uh, Soche to face off what a week that's going to be that's going to be a week of the worst shit talk imaginable it's like it's like someone like Ralph Wiggum just talking shit like yeah. He is Ralph Wiggum of our fantasy group. That's what he is. Bless they his will, heart. They'll play each other week 12. Oh, can't wait for that. So that'll be good. Um, but yeah, with Soche, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to look at other people's buys. Because um, that's the cool thing about fantasy now, now that we reach the bye weeks, right? is now you actually have to manage your team. It's not just drafting and 
hitting someone on the waiver wire. You actually have to figure out and you get to see who drafted smart and who just kind of threw spaghetti at the wall. Um, you know, I feel very good because my teams, well, I spread the, uh, the bye weeks out pretty, pretty evenly. I like it. Um, Mike, you, uh, you didn't do too bad, but what do you guys, I mean, what's the, what's your take on the buys, I guess, you know, like Mike, you, I, this is your week of buys, right? But I don't care. I don't look at it when I draft, I'm not going to pass on a better player because maybe he has the same bye week. If I end up with a team, like I, obviously I'm shitting on Soche here for it because he's playing me this week, but in a perfect world, if I have a great fantasy team and I can just cut a loss one week, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Even if it means I don't have two players in slots, I'll chalk it up as a loss. If I can't drop anyone that, you know, I'm not regretting losing. So I'm okay with that. Like I've never been, the uh, Oh, let me look at the bye week guy, because if I get to a point in the draft, let's say like round round three to five, where certain positions you start seeing the major drop off. Like I'm not going to resort to taking someone who is substantially worse than somebody simply for a bye week. I think it's stupid. For me, it's always like in between, like picks seven or eight. You know, that's when I'll figure out if it's all or nothing. You know, am I going all on one bye or whatever? What about you, Matt? Yeah, so I think I pay attention to it a little bit when I'm drafting, and I do my best to not have buys all kind of clumped together. But like Mike said, dude, if there's a better player available and, you know, he has the same bye week as stud running back I drafted in round one, like, I'm still going to get him. You know, I'll figure it out later, you know, down the line. If if I got to punt a game, I'm perfectly fine punting the game. If it means my team stays intact, I don't have to drop anybody, and you know, I can steamroll whoever else the next week and just pick it up next week. Uh, you know, it's rare that you see anybody go undefeated in fantasy anyway, dude. Fantasy is a crazy game where, you know, crazy shit happens week to week. So uh, typically I I don't really pay much attention to it. I pay a little bit of attention to it. And if I can help it, uh, but nah, if it comes down to it, man, I don't care. I'll take players on the same bye week. Good talk. Yeah, the work. When you get that bye week, you get like your star player and playoffs are week like 12 or 13. This has happened to me in the past. And you're just like, well, shit, what do I do? Actually, I got a, I got a good bye week question for you guys. Need a little help. So I got Josh Allen this week. Obviously, he's on a bye. Uh, looking at the waiver wires, because uh, if I have a really good quarterback, uh, I typically don't carry a backup. So I think I've narrowed my selections down to one game. Would you go with Tua or Matt Ryan? And granted, this is waivers and, you know, thinking I'll get one of the two. Nobody else is going to grab one. Who who are they playing? They're playing each other. So it's the same game. Oh, wow. I I trust Ryan over Tua. And I hate saying that, but. What's What's your third option? Uh, give, give me just one second. Uh, so I'll, I'll tell you the waiver wire for QBs currently. So it's Tannehill at KC, uh, Jameis at Seattle. 
I mean, Tannehill's going against the one of the worst. Oh, best. and yeah, that's right. Saints play Seattle. I'd go with Jameis or Tannehill, easy. Yeah, so it's them two: Tua, Mac Jones, Matt Ryan, Daniel Jones, Teddy Bridgewater. So not not great pickings, but I'd I'd probably go I'd probably go uh, Jameis against I, Seattle. I'd go, go Tannehill. I think Tannehill against the Chiefs goes for like two eighty, two touchdowns, maybe a pick. All right, but I so think it's we, infinitely we pivot away from the, the Miami game. Options. All yeah, right. No. You're you're basically picking, you know, what way you want to die slower, slower with Matt <laughs> Ryan. So. See, and this is why we ask questions and get uh, get different heads uh, thinking on the same thing because I, I I was pretty much set between one of those two. So, yeah, I think Soche was set between them too. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> motherfuckers making waiver wire trades at this point, like. Trading backups, you're never going to play, like playing the waiver wire that way. Um, but uh, so before we wrap it up, so, I mean, we, you know, we're heading um, week seven now. And looking back on on your roster, I mean, I got to say, like, this is the first time in a long time I'm actually looking at my roster and I'm like, I did fucking good. Um Knock on wood with injuries, uh, and as sure as shit as I say that, they're about to happen this week. But, um, like, it was funny because I, I know during our draft, I got shit on for a lot of our picks. I got shit on for the James Robinson in the third. Um, or was it? I can't. I, I think I drafted Joe Mixon before James Robinson, maybe. Um, but, you know, I had Zeke, which that pick even got shit on like a little bit. Everyone was kind of like, Oh, you should have gone Devonte, maybe. Um, but I mean, as it stands now, I have Zeke Robinson and Mixon, um, who currently three of the top 11 running backs in terms of fantasy. I waited until round probably 12 to grab Brady. Um, who's the second in uh, quarterbacks. And then I drafted Hollywood Brown um, super late. So lucked out there getting him. I mean, he's right now sixth in our league. Uh, Managed to snag uh, Robert Woods off the waivers. Thanks, Soche. Um, So overall, I mean, dude, I'm looking at my draft, and this is the first time I'm like, holy shit, I actually have top players. This is great. I'm not injury riddled. I didn't whiff on picks, and I'm like, yeah, this person got taken three picks later, and I should have taken them instead. So I'm I'm pretty happy. Yeah, I'm pretty. Uh, so I'm in a dynasty league, and I can kind of say the same thing. It's it's so uh, nice and like rewarding to be like, oh, well, I got that guy in the tenth round. Or, uh, for instance, I got Antonio Gibson in the tenth round last year. It's like, oh, now I'll keep him for a ninth, and then an eighth, and it's just uh, you know, it makes you think like, oh, I'm. I'm smarter than all you you schmucks. Like, there's something I know that you don't. So, you know, uh, I think I drafted well this year. Like you were saying, it's nice to have guys that come through and perform. I'm still going to shit on Miles Sanders a little bit. Although, I don't know if it's uh, necessarily his fault because when he gets carries, he looks good. That I just I don't like the play calling of the Eagles in general. But, uh, yeah, Kyle Pitts looks like he's finally turning it on, Mike. I'm sure you were probably a little uh, a little happy about that to finally get some Kyle Pitts love. 
God damn it. If he doesn't keep it up and he goes back to flopping because Matt Ryan doesn't fucking look at him like. I was going to say that doesn't count. There was no one else to throw to. And that's what that's literally what it took for him to get the ball was everybody else on the team had to drop dead and he had to be the only one out there. Like, dude, it just baffles me, man. Matt Ryan baffles me. For someone who's heralded as much as he is as a good quarterback in the NFL, like, how are you not able to get Julio the ball in the red zone? How are you not able to find Kyle Pitts? Like, he's like Matt, six seven, a freak Ryan. of nature, can out jump anybody. His, and you finally see that. I think he ran a a route in the uh, in the end zone. His touchdowns basically just jumped over the guy. Like, good luck boxing him out. It's it's crazy to me. And then, uh, like I hinted to uh, on maybe, like, the first or second show we recorded, his head coach was a freaking tight ends coach. Like, I don't get how they don't uh, game plan more towards him. You spent a high pick on him for a reason. Because more than, you know, more than Chase Young, Matt Ryan sucks. Period. <laughs> Yeah, he had that one good year with Shanahan, and then he's just been like, I don't think he's a bad quarterback. He's just he's okay. I mean, at this you know point, you, he's 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 in the he bottom is what he 10. Is. Yeah, I would probably put him like twenty eight quarterbacks better than him, and only three worse. Close. It's close, but uh, that being said, <laughs> oh, um, it's definitely twenty eight to three. That's that's fair. That's fair. Fucking Falcons. Hey, but on another note, you know, I'm trying to – I'm hoping I can uh, go to a World Series game this year because, you know, the Braves, unlike the Falcons, don't aren't blowing games. They're fucking winning them in the clutch. It's pretty, pretty great stuff. Talking baseball, got to go. Just not tonight. <laughs> oh. No baseball. But, uh, yeah, anyway, um, Danny, before we wrap this up, I need you to read your entire sucks list. So, Matt, just to fill you in, Dirty Dozen it comes complete with a Danny annual sucks list that he neglected for two years like a fucking cunt. But we're back. Well, that and makes we're me back. share it with the group. That's what? I said, well, that makes me want to share it with the group. <laughs> and this is why the petition for Get Mad Into the League still stands. Oh, yeah. That petition's going strong for uh, 2022. Don't worry. All right, and it goes as followed. Sports Center top 10 sucks. NFL taunting rule sucks. Ida sucks. Uber sucks. Atlanta traffic sucks. Spreadsheets suck. The Taliban sucks. Ma- Mike Surface Friendship sucks. Jacksonville sucks. See, I am impartial. State Farm sucks. Pulse Fitness sucks. WWE sucks. Andrew Cuomo sucks. Doshe's free agent budget spending sucks. Taysom Hill sucks. Urban Meyer sucks. Candy Corn sucks. I'm going to keep saying it. It will not change. Does not suck. Boom. Yeah, fuck you, Matt, and fuck you and your candy corn. The shit sucks. But uh, that being said, been another great episode. Thank you for tuning in. If you didn't, well, you don't know that I'm saying this, but fuck you. And uh, as always, honor the huddle.
Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hotard Huddle Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow the podcast on all major platforms such as Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Don't miss any updates from HotardHuddle.com by going to the website and subscribing to our email list. You can also follow Hotard Huddle on Facebook and Instagram at Hotard Huddle. As always, honor the huddle.